Hello, welcome to the video. My name is Mark. And for those of you who are familiar with this channel, um, in the recent, in the past few weeks, Brandon, who founded the channel and is the, the normal contributor, he's invited me to join him with um, sharing some ideas. And predominantly what I'm gonna be looking at is how can I can contribute as, a, as an older person to help sort of add some depth to, to the, uh, the information and the education that we're able to share on this channel. One of the things since I've started uh, joining him is I've looked at a lot of the comments and a lot of the feedback that we've been receiving. There's some common threads and I'm gonna try and address a couple of those in one video today. The first thing that we hear a lot about is, you know, we're Canadians, the majority of our audience is Canadians and so we like to hear more about Canadian companies um, and that's one of the main things I'm gonna talk about today. Another thing is this, there's some major differences between um, a senior or an older person, let's say even you know 50 plus, which is my demographic, and a millennial investor. So when you're in your 20s or even in your 30s, your objectives, the way you manage money and your mindset is quite different from someone who's older. A common thing that we hear is the older people are too boring. You, you don't take on enough risk. You're, uh, you know, there's opportunities that you leave on the table because uh, if you invest in say smaller companies or you invest in more aggressive type companies, you can get rich quicker. Um, we're gonna look at that today in the Canadian context and specifically what we're gonna use as an example to demonstrate this concept is uh, we're gonna use a couple, uh, actually three Canadian banks. Now, as we probably all know, if you're a Canadian investor, you're going to be invested in the banking sector. Now, whether you invest directly if you own a mutual fund, I can assure you uh, it will own Canadian banks or heck, if you belong to a group RSP, a pension plan, um, most of those investments are going to hold Canadian banks. Predominantly, what you're gonna see is the big Canadian banks, the big five banks. And those are Royal Bank, TD Bank, Bank of Montreal, CIBC, and Scotiabank. They get all the love, they get all the attention. There's no problem at all finding research and opinions on you know, when should you buy the banks, etc. But there is another tier of banking in Canada too that doesn't get a lot of attention. And as an investor, not many people go to those that are sort of that tier two level. Some examples of companies in that range are companies like uh, Laurentian Bank, uh, Canadian Western Bank, National Bank, um, Tangerine. I mean, there's, there's a whole bunch of them. But what we're gonna do for the video today is I'm gonna use three banks. So I'm gonna use Royal Bank, as the proxy for large banks. It is Canada's largest bank, so it kind of makes sense that we would use that. For the smallest bank, I've chosen to highlight Canadian Western Bank. We'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. That's will be the small end. Somewhere in the middle, uh, I'm gonna bring National Bank in, not necessarily to look at whether you should buy that bank or any of these banks for that moment. This is not a video on what to buy today. It's a video on how they interact, how they're different, what are the similarities, what are the differences. This will help you make good longer-term investing decisions. Before we start, because a lot of people probably haven't heard about Canadian Western Bank, I'm gonna give you a little bit of information about this bank as the smaller one. So Canadian Western Bank, the ticker is CWB, and this is a, as the name implies, it was founded in the west um, of Canada, and it is headquartered in Edmonton. Now, one of the things that Canadian Western Bank, it, it differentiates it from the big banks are that it uh, highlights or focuses more on entrepreneurship. So it, start, it focuses more on small companies. As you can see by this graph, 
although they are predominantly Western-based, they do have the bulk of their business loans in BC and Alberta, but they also have a very strong presence in Ontario. And as you can see, they also have traction through the Prairie Provinces and out east as well. Their mission, as they've stated, is to solve for the unmet banking needs of Canadian entrepreneurs. So by definition, they're going to have these relationships with entrepreneurs, much like the larger banks will be, will have, but they're not going to have that broad scope of offerings that the bigger banks have. Are they safe? This is one of the things you always have to look at when you're looking at um, comparing large companies to small companies. That's one of the big differentiating factors. So. Um, are they safe? Well, in a nutshell, I would say the answer to that is yes. As you can see by this next chart here, there is a measurement that we use in the, in the banking industry. It's called Common Equity Tier 1 Capital. And this measures the liquidity or the safety that a bank would have. And it's designed to ensure that in the event of an economic stress, the bank is well capitalized. As you can see here, the Tier 1 capital uh, ratios for Canadian Western Bank are very solid. The right-hand column shows the regulatory minimum. And then you can see for Q1 2020 and Q1 2021, you're going to see that uh, in all cases, for each of the different measurements, the Canadian Western Bank is above the minimums and quite healthily. Now, they're not as well capitalized as the big five, uh, but in general, anytime they're above that number, they're going to be secure. So is a smaller bank... Um, you know, unsafe, uh, I would say no. I would say that there is safety there. So that's one thing out of the way. The next question we would ask is, you know, does size matter? How much bigger is are the big banks than the smaller banks? So let's look at this uh, comparison here. What you can see is that clearly the Royal Bank is the giant in Canada. I mean, uh, TD Bank is close on its heels, but but Royal Bank definitely has the largest market, market capitalization today. And this comes in at you know around $163 billion. In comparison, if we go to the smallest of the companies we're looking at today, the Canadian Western Bank has a market cap of $3 billion. That's almost a rounding error for a company like Royal Bank. In the middle, we have the uh, National Bank of Canada. So the National Bank has a market cap of around $29 billion as of as of today when I'm filming this video. So you can see how much larger Royal Bank is. Then you go quite a ways down to the mid cap uh, of the $29 billion and then right down to the smaller banks. Now there are smaller banks than the Canadian Western Bank to be sure. But for a bank that we can get proper data on, some history on, this is a pretty good way of measuring that. Let's look at dividends because when you're investing in general, we like we like dividend companies, but specifically when you're looking at banks, banks tend to generate a lot of cash flow and they do tend to pay those dividends out to their shareholders. So uh, one of the things if you're looking at the financial sector, you, they're always kind of known for having a strong dividend uh, cash uh, dividend flow. So let's look and compare these. One of the first things you're going to notice here is that all of the banks pay what I would call good solid dividends. Um, Royal Bank currently is paying the highest dividend of the three that we're comparing today. But for all intents and purposes, I'm going to call them similar. If we look right down to Canadian Western Bank, I mean, they're paying 3.4% today compared to 3.8% for the Royal Bank. Sure, I'd rather have a high dividend, but um, I, I still think that 3.4% in the market we're in today is, is very respectable. You will notice uh, over, say, the last five-year time period, they're very consistent. Generally speaking, you'll have seen you know, the, the, the larger banks pay a higher dividend, but during the credit crisis, you'll notice that the, uh, the dividend on Canadian Western Bank did spike up. 
you look at the market opportunity that presented itself back in March of, of 2020, so let's say a year ago now, there were some great opportunities to snap up shares of these companies or to increase the weighting that you already have and lock in some of those higher dividend yields, which were you know as high as you know 6% range and a little bit higher even. Always something you need to look at when you're considering dividends is are they safe? Are they gonna continue to pay the dividend and hopefully raise them over time? The dividend payout ratio, again, for each of these companies is very respectable. In fact, the most secure, I guess you would say, would be the Canadian Western Bank, which has a 44% roughly uh, dividend payout ratio right now, whereas the Royal Bank has about 55. National banks fits somewhere in the middle, just under 49%. In all cases, and historically, there have been, uh, there's been a lot of uh, safety in those numbers. So from that perspective, I would say it's really a draw. There's no difference between a big bank and a small bank when it comes to that cash flow uh, and paying dividends. So ultimately the question now comes down to, does size matter? Is there, uh, you're going to expect, you know, the old saying, risk versus reward. So you're gonna naturally expect that if you are uh, owning a smaller company, you're going to expect more volatility but you take it, you accept that volatility so that you can have a higher return at the end of the day. Larger companies tend to be more stable, so we would almost expect that to be the case here. We're gonna look at those numbers in just a second here. One of the measurements that we use, a statistical measurement to, to measure how volatile an individual company is, is what's called the beta. Now the beta essentially, it just compares an individual security, in this case, to a broader market. So if um, it will allow us to know how volatile this is in comparison to the market in general. As you can see here, the, the calculation of beta is very complex and you don't have to learn this. What you have to remember is this, when you compare a stock to an index, a beta of one means that that stock is more volatile than the index as a whole. A beta of under one means that the stock is less, less volatile. A beta of one means that the stock will move exactly in comparison to the overall index. Now this is very rare, um, but it, it could happen on a temporary basis. But essentially above one, more volatile, below one, less volatile. Not all of the stock quote pages that I've seen online offer you this beta um, right at the front, but one of the websites that does is Yahoo Finance. And if you look at that, you're gonna see right away what the beta of an individual stock is. As you can see by this chart, there is a huge difference between the beta of a big bank like Royal Bank and a small bank like Canadian Western Bank in this case. Now, as you might expect, you look at National Bank, it falls somewhere in the middle. This is kind of what we're taught. This is basic, smaller equals more volatile. If we look back over the last five years, the Royal Bank has been less volatile, significantly less volatile than the Canadian market in general. Uh, you can see on this chart, the blue line represents the beta of Royal Bank, and the thicker red line running down the middle is actually the index. And in this case, I've used the Toronto Stock Exchange as a proxy for what we would compare these against. The most volatile has been Canadian Western Bank. Uh, and you can see that for the entire five-year period that we're looking at here, it is traded at a beta above one. And right now it's currently trading at about 1.34. So that's um, you know significantly more um, volatile than the market. National Bank has been for the most part more volatile, but there has been periods, it's kind of gone back and forth a little bit during the, the five-year time period. Of note, with the rare exception, of um, late last year and earlier, or sorry, late 2019 and earlier 2020, the Royal Bank generally has traded at a lower beta, meaning less risky. So we determined that the 
smaller bank is in fact uh, more volatile than the big banks. So uh, the trade-off, you know, is it worth that risk? Let's look at some of the historic returns from different time frames to measure that and just see where that payoff might be. This chart will show us a 10-year number. So in the Canadian banks, you're going to see here that the middle tier, so National Bank, has come out the winner over the 10, and this is showing the price change during that time period. The National Bank is up 132% during that time frame. Royal Bank up 92, very respectable gains. You're going to notice Canadian Western Bank. So in this case, the more volatile stock, the small bank, came in at only 13% return. So in this time measurement, I would argue that you have not been rewarded for having take for taking on more risk versus having a more secure, more stable portfolio. Let's move that out now to the 20-year time frame. As we stretch that out, now this is very interesting. You'll see that over the longer term, the smaller bank has now taken the lead over the Royal Bank. So in this case, you will see much like what you would expect in the smaller, the additional risk that you're accepting has actually benefited you and it although it's been much more volatile and you look at the you look at the ups and downs the green line is the canadian western bank and it has been huge volatility swings compared to royal bank and national bank you haven't quite uh made as much money as you would has with uh, with national bank but certainly uh comparing small to big hmm, maybe it did make sense that you would have taken on the the extra risk now let's stretch that line right out to a 40-year number and this is really where you know, for a lot of investors my age, we have been investing probably for much of that time. For younger investors, it's really hard, I know, to imagine if you're 20 years old today, if you're 25 years old today, it's hard to imagine that far out. You know, you go more than double your, your age from this point. But as we teach on this channel, and as hopefully you, you know, investing is a long-term venture. So the fact that you are having to visualize that, that extra 40 years out, Look at this as some evidence as to whether that would pay off or not. This chart will show you that clearly over the long term, the, the large company has far exceeded the returns of the smaller companies. You'll see the Royal Bank coming in at 3,000%. Uh, this is just the price return. This is not even including dividends, which we've seen are very similar, but we've stripped those out for the purposes of demonstrating the price change here. The dividends are all pretty much the same, so it shouldn't be a huge factor. Looking at this, you see, you see the Royal Bank at 3,000% return over that 40-year time period. Canadian Western Bank coming in second at about 13, just under 1,400% return. And just over 1,000% is the National Bank of Canada. So in this case, you, would, you could argue that, you, well, you can argue very vehemently that you have not been rewarded. So depending on the time period you're looking at, uh, in this case, big, solid, steady banks have, uh, has, have produced the highest return. So we're going to have a look now at special events. So what happens when there's some unusual occurrence in the markets out there? This is often where you're going to see the, the security of the larger companies um, help you out, where the insecurity of the smaller companies might cause some additional stress. We're going to compare a couple of uh, scenarios that we've fairly recently gone through. Uh, we're going to look at the credit crisis back just over 10 years ago now, and I guess getting closer to 12 years ago now. And we're also going to look at the more recent COVID time frame, so going back a year, to see did it matter if you had a larger company or a smaller company. When you look at this chart here, you're going to see something very dramatically. First of all, during the time period starting in 2008 running through to March of 2009, the Toronto Stock Exchange was down uh, just over 43% during that time period. 
you can see highlighted here how the various banks have behaved during a similar time frame. Clearly, the bigger banks in this crisis held on much better, with the Canadian Western Bank losing a, a huge 72%. Uh, the Royal Bank and the National Bank were certainly down in value, but nowhere close to what the smaller bank was. And in fact, both of the larger banks outperformed the broader Toronto Stock Exchange. The takeaway from this chart, I would say, is that in times of trouble, yeah, bigger can be better. But let's now look at the recovery phase. So this is very interesting, I find here. We're gonna look at a chart that goes back from the March time period of 2009 up until the end of the year. So we've now been through the worst of the crisis. What happens then? Well, in this, wow, Canada Western Bank made huge gains compared to the others, up about 170% from the lows of March through to the end of the year. Um, the TSX gained uh, about 50% during the same time period and all of the banks outperformed during that recovery. So here is an example of where the smaller bank absolutely outperformed the bigger banks. And you'll see if you had been able to take advantage of that, there certainly was an opportunity there. Looking back through the entire cycle now, so from January 2008 up until the end of 2009, both the National Bank and the Royal Bank fared okay. The Canadian Western Bank, despite the huge gains coming out of the recovery, still ended up down 26% over the entire time period. And that was worse than the TSX overall. You will note from this chart here that at no point did the Royal Bank or National Bank ever dip below where CWB or Canadian Western Bank is. Another more recent event that we all went through about a year ago was the, the COVID um, issue. So starting in, I guess, March, when the markets really reacted last year, we saw the huge dip in the market. So let's have a look at that time period and compare, again, big banks and small banks. We see the exact same picture. We see in that time period, so this goes back to, um, well, it goes from beginning of 2020 through till uh, July 2020. You'll see the drop of all of the banks starting right near the beginning of March, but it's the same picture. You're gonna see Royal Bank, uh, you're gonna see the National Bank, I would say dramatically outprove, uh, outperform the smaller Canadian Western Bank. So let me wrap this up and summarize here. In general, we always advocate a larger, more secure company compared to a smaller, riskier company. In our opinion, generally speaking, over the longer term, the risk just isn't worth the reward. And in fact, in this case, we've seen there isn't even a reward if you stretch the line out long enough. As you can see from this chart, had you invested 40 years ago in any of the large Canadian banks, you've done well. I mean, clearly TD Bank has been the, the, you know, the, the strong winner here, BMO coming in in, in fifth place, but um, next, no question about it, you've done well during that time. Now, is there, an opportunity or are there opportunities along the way? The answer to that is yes. Um, it's unlikely you're going to have a position and hold it entirely for a 40 year time period. So if you um, know what you're doing and if you are watching things carefully enough, certainly you make make some calls along the way. And an example may be during the recent COVID crisis or during the credit crisis where you saw the smaller banks underperform so dramatically in a period of time, if you check your metrics and you understand and you believe that there's still security, that may present an opportunity to shift, say within the financial sector, maybe move some of the money you have from the larger banks, shift it into the lower, uh, lower tier banks with more opportunity, but that has to be managed very carefully. If you had to just pick one and you, you weren't gonna manage it um, in that manner, then pick the, the large banks. That would be that would be our advice. Uh, but if you do have the acumen, then you know you can take advantages of opportunities along the way.
it is our opinion that um, in general, having uh, large, well-capitalized companies will serve you well through all types of market conditions. And in this case particular, it's best just to go with the larger banks unless you're really on top of things and want to take advantage of some opportunities along the way. As always, if you've enjoyed the video, please give it a thumbs up. We really appreciate that support for the channel. Very interested in hearing your comments and your feedback uh, below. If you are a younger investor, can you even imagine 40 years from now? Does it make sense that you would buy something like the Royal Bank of Canada and essentially let that run for all those time periods? Or is that nuts? Would you say, no, there's opportunities to go with some of the smaller companies like the Canadian Western banks or the national banks and capitalize on those opportunities? What are your thoughts on there? If you're 50 or 60, you may have owned these companies for decades. What has your experience been? Really looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that. As always, um, if you do want to learn more about this type of, uh, of investment strategy, etc., we do have our Investment Academy and there's a link just below this video here that you'll be able to click on and learn more about that. Um, I'm gonna wrap up this video. I'm gonna thank you very much for watching. I really appreciate it and I look forward to seeing you in the next video.